Well, listen, as we kick off tonight, I have a question that I want you to consider. And here's my question for you. What do these cities have in common? What do these cities have in common? Canton, Ohio, Hollywood, California, Cooperstown, New York, Charlotte, North Carolina, and Indianapolis, Indiana. What do these cities have in common? Please do not state the obvious and tell me that they're all cities. All right, I heard it from the back corner over there. All of these cities are home to a famous Hall of Fame. They're all home to a famous Hall of Fame. Now, how many of you are familiar with what a Hall of Fame is? Raise your hand if you're familiar with what a Hall of Fame is. A Hall of Fame is an institution that honors a person's achievements in a specific field. These Hall of Fames, they consist of actual museums or halls that enshrine the people who are inducted into these Hall of Fames. And listen, there is a Hall of Fame for literally everything. The Hall of Fames that you're probably most familiar with are, are for professional sports. There's Hall of Fames for acting, for music, there's a Hall of Fame for space, there's a Hall of Fame for agriculture, so plants, and there's even a Hall of Fame for candy. There's a candy Hall of Fame. It is a real thing. And many people dedicate their entire lives working towards ending up in a Hall of Fame. Like their life's goal, their mission is to be the best at what they do in order to be inducted into a Hall of Fame. And the thing is, only the best of the best are selected. Only the best of the best are selected. For example, Babe Ruth, one of the greatest baseball players to ever play, is in the Baseball Hall of Fame. Michael Jordan, the greatest of all time, hear me say that, the greatest of all time, is in the Basketball Hall of Fame. And one of my favorite football players, who soon should be inducted into the Hall of Fame, Tom Brady. It's just a matter of time. It's just a matter of time. Listen, once these people are inducted into the Hall of Fame, they go down in history as being one of the greatest. They will be remembered for generations to come for how great they are. And believe it or not, there is actually a Hall of Fame in the Bible. It's located in Hebrews chapter 11, and we often call it the Hall of Faith. I don't know who came up with that because it's pretty corny, but Hebrews 11 lists the name of over 20 people, 20 people who we read about in the Old Testament that are inducted into this Faith Hall of Fame. These are people who should be remembered forever, not because of their athletic ability or some amazing talent they had. Rather, they were inducted into the Faith Hall of Fame because of their strong faith their strong belief in God. Now that doesn't mean that they were perfect. It doesn't mean that they never struggled with moments of, of doubt or insecurity, but each one of them demonstrated an extraordinary faith, an extraordinary obedience in God. 
that landed them in what we often refer to as the Faith Hall of Fame. Well, tonight we are kicking off a brand new teaching series called Hall of Fame. And over the next four weeks, we are going to be looking at three names that are listed in the Faith Hall of Fame. We're going to take an up-close and personal look at their life. And the next three weeks, I've picked characters. I've picked people in the Bible that you're probably not super familiar with. People that you probably don't know a whole lot about. And we're going to look at how they lived their life. We're going to look at their biggest achievements. We're going to look at their biggest failures. And ultimately, we're going to look at what led to their amazing moment of faith. What contributed to their story of faith that landed them in the Hall of Fame? And my hope is that we look at, at these characters, as we look at these people who lived all throughout the Old Testament, that we would be challenged in our personal lives today to live a life of faith just like they did. But before we begin talking about these three different people, before we begin looking at the characters listed in the Faith Hall of Fame, I think it's really important for us to have a strong idea, a strong foundation about what faith really is. I think it's important that we define what faith actually is. What does it mean? If you've been around church for a while, you've probably heard us use this word. It's one of those church buzzwords that we talk all the time about. Why? Because it is really important. It matters in, in our relationship with Jesus. In fact, the word faith is used over 300 times throughout scripture. That's how important it is. But even though it's important, even though it's something that we should know about, we usually don't take the time to explain what it means. So tonight we're going to answer the question, what is faith? What is faith? And for us to, to fully understand what faith is, I think we first need to start by talking about what faith isn't. Because when it comes to faith, there's a lot of misconceptions that people often have. The first misconception that people often have is that faith is a feeling. Faith is a feeling. Well, newsflash, I'm going to be the first one to tell you that faith is not a feeling. Faith is not a feeling. I don't know about you, but as I mentioned earlier, I did not feel like getting out of bed this morning. I didn't feel like getting dressed. I didn't feel like putting on makeup. I didn't feel like going to work. In fact, if it were up to me, I would be sitting in bed watching TV all day. And you guys can probably relate. I'm sure you didn't feel like getting up and going to school this morning. You didn't feel like studying for that math quiz. You didn't feel like doing your homework. But have you ever noticed that this is often how people talk about their faith? They'll say things like, I don't feel close to God right now. That message, I didn't really feel where, where it spoke to me. That worship, it, it was good, but I just didn't feel like it was for me. People have been, become really quick to identify their faith with some sort of feeling or emotion. But here's the problem with, with this kind of thinking. Our feelings and our emotions, they can change 
almost instantly. They change on a daily basis, largely in part because our emotions and our feelings, they're dependent typically on our life situation. When life is going really well, we feel happy and content and joyful. But just how quickly can can life change? Where life starts to go not so well, and all of a sudden we feel sad, we feel anxious, we feel overwhelmed. You see, God created us uniquely with emotions. He created us with feelings. And these feelings and emotions, they are not bad. But when our feelings go unchecked, they can often lead us to make assumptions that are not always true. They can lead us to to feel and to believe things that aren't often rooted in truth. And especially that's true when it comes to our faith. That's why Jeremiah, a prophet in the Old Testament, he tells us, the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? Although God designed us with emotions, they're not necessarily a bad thing. They can often lead us to make false assumptions and lead us towards false beliefs, specifically when it comes to our faith. So faith is is not a feeling, but secondly, faith is not blind trust. Faith is not blind trust. How many of you have heard of the phrase, just take a leap of faith? How many of you have ever heard of the phrase, leap of faith? Well, when I hear that, I'm going to date myself a little bit, but that's okay. When I hear that, it makes me think of the third Indiana Jones movie, The Last Crusade. How many Indiana Jones fans do we have in here? Not a lot of you. That's really sad. And listen, if you're unfamiliar with this movie, Indy, who's the main character, is searching for for the Holy Grail. He's searching for the treasure. And in order to to get to the treasure, he has to experience several different tests. He's got some some challenges he's got to to complete. And one of his last tests, right before he gets to, to the Holy Grail, is he has to pass over this massive ravine. He has to cross this massive ravine in order to to get to the treasure. But the unique thing is that there is no bridge. There is no clear path of sight in order for him to to cross this ravine. And there's no guarantee that a bridge will appear. In order to, to get to this treasure, he literally has to step out and take a massive leap of faith. And many people think of faith quite like this, where faith is accepting this truth that there is absolutely no support of. They have to take this giant leap into the dark and hope something's there, and hope a bridge is there to catch them. They must place their faith in something that they have absolutely no evidence of. But listen, according to to scripture, this isn't biblical faith at at all. Because we have evidence that that God is who he says he is. God has given us his word, the Bible, filled with countless examples. We see it all the way back from from the beginning of, of creation, where God spoke the world into existence out of nothing. We see it in the covenant promises that were later fulfilled, promises that he made to men like Abraham and Moses and David. 
We see it in the life and the death and the eventual resurrection of Jesus. Listen, biblical faith, what we're talking about tonight, doesn't require blind trust because God has already proven himself throughout the pages of history. Look at what it says in Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 9. Know therefore that the Lord your God is God. He is a faithful God, keeping his covenant of love to a thousand generations of those who love him and keep his commandments. So not only is faith not a feeling, faith is also not blind trust. And thirdly, faith is not positive thinking. Faith is not positive thinking. Have you ever caught yourself thinking, you know, if I just stay positive, everything's going to work out for me. If I surround myself with, with positive people, if I put out positive vibes into the world, if I think positive thoughts, then everything is, is going to turn out just fine. If I'm a good person, if I do the right things, then I'm going to get into the school I want, I'm going to get my, my dream job, everything is going to work out how I had planned. A lot of times this mentality of, of positive thinking is how many people approach their faith. They think if I'm a good person, if I care for other people, if I think good thoughts, if I do good things, then God will do what I want. Listen, this mindset, it's a very slippery slope. Because here's what happens. When God doesn't give us what we want, when God doesn't give us what we think we deserve, we get upset and frustrated. We begin to, to doubt his goodness in our life. We begin to doubt if, if he really loves us. And all of a sudden, our faith has become all about us and what we want, rather than how God desires to use us to fulfill his will and his plan for our lives. Faith is not a feeling. Faith is not blind trust. And faith is certainly not positive thinking. So if none of these things are our faith, if none of these things are our biblical faith, then what really is it? Here's the, the main idea for tonight. And if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. Faith is a belief that leads to action. Faith is a belief that leads to action. Faith is not a feeling it isn't blind trust. It isn't just positive thinking. Biblical faith is a belief. It is a trust in the eternally powerful God. A God who has revealed himself throughout scripture, throughout all of human history and in the person of Jesus. And listen, this belief, this trust, it stirs up action. It leads us to, to action. You see, just believing in something doesn't mean that, that you have faith. Satan, the devil, believed that there is a God, but he does not have faith in God. Why? Because faith requires action. It requires trust. Faith is a combination of belief and the corresponding action that results from that belief. Ultimately leading to a life change that exists because of our beliefs. Because of the work that Jesus has done in our life. 
Listen, faith, it starts when, when we are saved. It starts when we place our trust in Jesus. But after that point, it is played out every day in our life after that. It becomes a, a vital part, the most important part of who we are as a follower of Jesus. So, so what does this look like? Really practically, how does faith play out in our life? I want you to see what, what the writer of Hebrews says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients, the people listed in the Hall of Fame, were commended for. You see, before describing the, the faith of the men and the women listed in, in the Hall of Fame, the author of Hebrews describes two ways that faith is played out in our life. First of all, faith is the confidence in what we hope for. It's the confidence in what we hope for. But secondly, faith is the assurance of what we do not see. It's the assurance of, of what we do not see. A an easy way to think about, think about it is like this. In our everyday lives, in our day-to-day -day lives as, as followers of Jesus, faith works in the not yet and faith works in the unseen. First of all, faith works in, in the not yet. Everybody say, not yet. The not yet are the things that we hope for. They are the things that, that have not happened yet. These can be things like our future plans. These can be things like the solution to, to a problem that we might be having. The not yet can even be an, an unanswered prayer that we have been asking God for. The not yet are the things that have not ha kind of stuff it is a little bit stressful. And if you're anything like me, just thinking about this kind of stuff it is a little bit stressful. Because if it were up to me, I would have my life planned out at, at every single turn. I wanna, would want to know what's going to happen a month from now. I want to know what's going to happen a year from now and five years from now and ten years from now. But that's not always how God works. That's not always how he works in our life. And, and for several people that, that we're going to see listed in the Faith Hall of Fame, this was exactly where they found themselves. They lived in this uncertainty of the not yet. They lived in this tension of not knowing what their future was going to look like. For example, Noah, we know him as the man who, who built the ark he prepared for a flood for years and years and years, even though it had not rained in over 100 years. He had no idea what the future was going to hold, but yet he was faithful to build the ark anyways. Sarah, she was desperate to, to be a mom. She was desperate to, to have a baby. And after years and, and years of trying, she and her husband ha had not been successful and God told her, hey, at some point, you're going to have a baby. But that day, it didn't come for years and years and years. She had no idea the timeline of when that was going to play out. Abraham was told that he was going to be the father of, of many nations. Many different people groups and offspring were going to come 
from him, but he had no idea how it was going to happen. He had no idea what it was going to look like. Listen, these people did not have all of the answers for for how their life was going to turn out. They had no idea what what things were going to look like. But they trusted God's word. They trusted his promises. And they were faithful. They were faithful to live out what God had called them to do in that moment. Because they had faith that he would provide for their future. Listen, there may be things in in your life right now that you just don't quite see the the ending to. Maybe some of you don't know where you're going to be going to college next year. You don't know how some sort of issue in in your family is going to play out. Maybe some of you have really been asking God for something, and so far he has just not answered that prayer. You're not sure when he's going to come through or or how he's going to answer that request. Listen, even though those moments are not fun, Even though they often cause stress, they're not enjoyable, God will use those not yet moments to develop perseverance. He'll use those not yet moments in our life to develop a deeper trust in him. So not only does faith operate in the not yet, faith also operates in the unseen. Faith is also the assurance of what we do not seek. Listen, this is the belief that that something is true even though you can't necessarily see it. And having an assurance of the unseen is essential to our faith. Why? Because there would be no need for faith if you could see something. There would be no need for for faith if you could actually see it, if it was right in front of you. Faith is is only required when you cannot physically see or touch something. And if you really think about it, like there are many parts of our faith, our relationship with Jesus, that we cannot see. For example, we cannot see the, the penalty for our sin. That's not something that we can see. It's not something that, that we can touch. We cannot see what it means to be a part of, of God's kingdom. We cannot see heaven. We cannot see eternal life. We cannot even physically see God. But listen, seeing doesn't equal believing. Seeing doesn't equal believing because we see countless examples of people all throughout scripture. People in the Bible who physically saw God. People who came face to face with Jesus. They got to walk and talk with him, but yet they still did not believe. Even though they they physically got to see who Jesus was, they still did not have faith. Listen, we are physical beings living in in a physical world, but there is also a a spiritual world with spiritual things that, that we cannot see. And this side of heaven There are going to be things that that you and I may never fully understand. There are going to be things that we are not going to be able to to wrap our brains around. And there are going to be things that we cannot see. But even though we can't always see it, God is always still working to advance his kingdom. God is always still working to, to carry out his plan and his purpose for our life. And we can have confidence because of his promises, 
We can have confidence because of his character, who God's word tells us that he is. You see, faith is the belief in God that leads us to be obedient. It leads us to to live out his plan for our life, even when we don't know what the future is going to hold, and even when we cannot physically see something. But listen, why, why does this matter? Like, why is faith something that, that's so important for us to have? I want you to jump down to, to verse 6 of Hebrews chapter 11. It says this, And without faith, it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. You see, students, God is is not impressed with your works. He doesn't care how many followers you have on social media. He doesn't care how many trophies are, are hanging up in your room. He doesn't even care about how many straight A's that that you get on your report card. He's not impressed with your accomplishments and your achievements. Why? Because you are never going to be able to earn his approval or to earn his acceptance. His approval comes only through faith in Christ. And our faith is that on what Jesus did on the cross. Our faith is that what Jesus did on the cross. He lived a sinless life and died a death that we deserved so that we could be made right with God. And once we have been made right with God, once we have placed our, then we can begin to trust him for the things that that haven't happened yet. We can trust him for the things that, that we cannot see. We can trust him in every aspect of our life because, listen, we've already trusted him with the most important thing. We've already trusted him with with our salvation. But if we're being honest, and if we take a a hard look at, at our life, that's not typically how we see ourselves. That's not typically how we measure ourselves. We measure ourselves based on on how successful we are, how much we achieve. We measure ourselves a lot of times based on what other people think about us, our social status. We measure ourselves based on our abilities, our talents, and our gifts. We measure ourselves by all of these different types of standards. But students, I want you to hear me say this. God simply cares. Are you trusting him with every aspect of your life? Are you trusting him with with every aspect of your life? So as we close tonight, I'm going to ask each one of you to to bow your heads and, and close your eyes. No one talking, no one looking around. But I want you to to ask yourself that question. It's a really simple question. But it's the question of, are you trusting him? 
Are you trusting him? First off, have you trusted him for, for salvation? Have you come to, to the realization that, that you are a sinner in need of God's grace and there is nothing that you can do to deserve it? There is nothing that, that you can do on your own to deserve that free gift. That's why God sent Jesus. Ultimately, to, to die on the cross and, and to take on the, the punishment for our sin so that we might receive that free gift of eternal life. And listen, if that's a decision that, that you're sure that you're not sure that you've made, I don't want you to leave here tonight without just simply having a conversation. You can come find me, you can come find Bo or Brittany, grab one of your leaders, but we would love to, to talk to you more about what it means to place your faith and your trust in Jesus for the very first time. But listen, for those of you that have already trusted Jesus for salvation, you've already placed your, your faith in him, I just want you to ask yourself, is there a specific area in your life right now that you're struggling to, to trust him with? Maybe you're, you're struggling to trust him in the, the not yet. You're not sure right now how life's going to turn out. There's some big question marks about your future and, and your plans, and it's causing you a lot of stress and, and anxiety. Maybe there's some family situation going on right now. There's something going on at home, and really there's just no end in sight. You're not sure how it's going to turn out. You're not sure how, how everything's going to work. Maybe for, for some of you, there's just been something that you've been praying about, and so far you have not gotten an answer. You're struggling and you're asking yourself, is God really listening to me? Is God really going to show up? Is he really going to answer this prayer? Because you haven't received the, the answer that you so desperately want. Or maybe some of you right now are struggling to trust him in the unseen. Because you can't physically see God, you're starting to, to have doubts about who he is and, and what he's done. Because you can't audibly hear him, you're, you're struggling to discern if, if he's talking to you, if he's moving and if he's working in your life. Listen, you can have confidence and assurance in both the not yet and the unseen. Because God is who he says he is. And all throughout human history, he has proven himself time and time and time again. And this faith, our belief in, in God, it should lead us to action. It should lead us to live out the plan and the pur his purpose for our lives. Because listen, faith, it's not a feeling. It's not a blind trust. It's not positive thinking. Faith is a belief that leads us to action. So God, we thank you. That even when it doesn't feel like it, even when it doesn't seem like it, even when we have doubts and, and worries about what the future is going to hold, God, you're still working and you're still moving in our lives.
And God, the same God that showed up over 2,000 years ago throughout the pages of scripture is the same God that's still working and still moving in our lives today. And God, you want nothing more. You desire nothing more for us than than one, for us to place our our trust in you for salvation, but number two, to, to live out that faith every single day. And when we fall short, when we begin to to have doubts, when we begin to have worries and and anxiousness and and confusion, God, I pray that you would remind us, not only through, through your word, but also in how you show up in our life, that you are faithful. And God, we can be faithful to live out your plan and your purpose in our life. It's in your name that we ask all of these things. Amen.